Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. It's a bit of honesty time. What's that one food for you that would be hard to, to not give in to the temptation? Hot dogs. Hot dogs? <laughs> Chinese. Ah, <laughs> oh, Timurisu, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix is a lolly fan. Sorry? I said, what, what would be that one food that you know, it would be very hard to give into the temptation of? Licorice all sorts. Licorice all sorts, yeah. I know for me, it's, it's vanilla slice. I can't walk past the bakery and have a look, and if it's a good-looking vanilla slice, it's oh, I just want to have a go. For that, for, for that fact, anything with custard in it, like, like any good bakery food with a bit of custard, I'm I'm in, I'm sold. But temptation is a funny thing, isn't it? It's a, it, it's something we're all familiar with. You know, watching that video, you know, seeing these little kids, uh, you know, biting at the bit, we can relate, can't we? We all know what that means to be tempted and to, to, to have that something there is like, oh, I want it, but I know I shouldn't. One kid actually Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, sometimes people just give in to that tension straight away. Other people have good restraints and can resist it. But it's, you know, it's not something I really need to explain, is it? When I sort of say, you know, Temptation, what is it? Well, it's, we, all, we all can relate. We can all have a, something in our world that we just go, yeah, I know, I know what that feels like. And, you know, it's something that we quite often try to find an excuse for, isn't it? It's like, oh, but it's just so yummy. Oh, you know, but it's, you know, it's my favourite. Or I deserve it. I deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in matters of life, it's just like, oh, yeah. Is it really a big deal? You know, is it, is it really going to affect anyone else? And we try to find reason and excuse to, 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 to give in to these urges. And when we do give in to it, we try to find something to blame it on. It's like, oh, but I just couldn't help myself. Or, you know, the devil made me do it. Or, you know, it's them, it's their fault, not mine. My kids are very quick to do that. What's going on? Judah! <laughs> Isn't that true? I'm very good at it. <laughs> and the fact is, that response is so built into us that it's been there since the very beginning. You know, go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verse 11 and 13. Yeah. Eve got tempted. And she succumbed to that temptation. And so verse 11 says, you know, Who told you, this is God speaking, Who told you that you were naked, the Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman! It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit. And I ate it. And then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? It was the serpent! The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. It wasn't Genesis. So, 
you know, this idea of, you know, when we give in, the guilt of it, we, we, we know. We've given in to something and we've gone, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. What can I blame? And the fact is, you know, push comes to shove, we do know who to blame. The fact is it's us that made that choice to give in to it. And so James addresses this. So as I said, we've started a bit of a journey through the book of James. And last week I just gave a bit of an overview, I guess, of the book and introduced this character. So it's James, the, the, the brother of, of Jesus. And he's writing this letter that's not just to any particular church. Like unlike Paul who wrote to you know, the, the, the people in Corinth or the people in Philippi, this was just to the, 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 the dispersed Jews. So he's writing to the Jewish population within the, the Christian church. And he's sort of saying, no... Be strong. And he gives them his sort of words of wisdom. You can almost say it's almost like his book of Proverbs to the church. So if you want to follow, follow along, book of James, just after the book of Hebrews. Right towards the end of the, the Bible there. And we're just going to read verses 13 to 17. So I'm reading from New Living Translation and New... NIV, some of my quotes are from NIV as well. So verse 13 says, And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled or don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, and he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. You know, we live in a day and age where, you know, morality is, is relative, we live in a society that, that, that goes, well, there is no absolute morality. There is no absolutes. You know, whatever's good for you is good for you. Whatever's good for me is good for me. But as believers, we, we believe in an absolute, that there is a wrong and a right. And that there is a, a guide and a directive through Scripture of what righteousness looks like and what sinfulness looks like. And so... You know, we're going to constantly come up against that push of the world. So say, oh, but, you know, it's no big deal. It's not really hurting anyone. Or, you know, if that's right for you, it's good, but I, can, I don't have to do it because my, my morality is different to yours. And the fact is, even within the church, we're going to encounter that. People are going to go, well, yeah, maybe that scripture's not for all of us. Or, you know, they'll make up some excuse to justify their actions to justify them giving in to their desires. And so, you know, that verse 16, you know, don't be deceived. You know, let's, let's not fool ourselves. Let's not let ourselves be caught up in the way that the world operates when Scripture very clearly says, no, this is the way that it's supposed to be. We've been called into righteousness. We've been called into living and following the example of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. And so even though we can't live up to that because of our sinfulness, we are called to pursue 
righteousness, to pursue that perfection. And so what James does, you know, this is going to be a fairly short little message because it's a little, little short little passage, but what he does, he gives us, he gives us three sort of, I guess, focus points when, when talking about temptation. He gives us the cause, he gives us the course or the journey of temptation, and a caution. So the first one, the cause. You know, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, James highlights in the next little bit where temptation comes from, the source of temptation. He says, each, each one is tempted when, by his own evil desires, by your own internal source. There's this internal drive of our sinful nature, of that humanity that we've been given, that desires things. And at times those desires are good, but on the flip side, those desires can be bad. They can lead us into things that aren't of God. You know, some versions might translate that as lusts, lusts of the flesh. And what it does is that these desires, they, as the scripture sort of says, they, they drag us, they, they, they pull on us. And again, you know, when, when watching that video, you, you can relate to the, that, that pull. Those kids were being pulled towards that marshmallow and they just, they just wanted to touch it. They wanted to smell it. They just, they just wanted to get as close as they could, but still try not to give in. And that's what these internal desires do, don't they? They sort of just, they're just there and they linger and they, they, they pull on us. But the problem is, is they try to pull us outside the boundaries that God set for us. So there's an internal pull. So there's a, that, that, that internal nature of it, of, of desires. But there's also an external force. And you can say this is, you know, the external force on desires is deception. We deceive ourselves or we get deceived by the enemy or the world into thinking, well, oh, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's all right. And that word in there, you know, James 14, you know, they, they use enticed. You know, that, that word has this, in the Greek, it's got this meaning of being baited or deceived. You know, when you're enticed, you're, you're drawn in to go, well, no, I, I really must need this. Or, you know, this is really important. Or, you know, no, I, I just can't not give in to this. We get deceived. And, and that desire... The idea of being baited is like being hooked. So if you think of a, you know, going fishing, when you, when you put that worm on the hook, what you're doing is you're putting something in the water that the fish desires. But what, what, what is also happening is that he's deceived. He thinks, you know, he's desiring the worm and he thinks it's okay, but he's deceived because there's a hook inside it. You know, many are hooked by the world's allurements in the same way. You know, when I read that, you know, and as I said last week, I'm actually using a bit of a study guide to help lead these sermons for the next little while. But when I read that, it reminded me of, of, a, of a TV commercial. And um, whether this uh, recalls for you, but it's one of those, one of those rare ads, I guess, that have stuck with me for, for eons now. Um, I think it came out sort of early 90s. But it was an anti-smoking ad. 
There was a, you know, trying to, trying to stop people from smoking. It was one that I think it only lasted a little while because I think people were putting complaints about it because it was so, you know, almost scary, really. But it was just these people sort of gathering around, they started to, to, to light up to have a smoke. And as a person's holding the smoke before they take their first drag, slowly but surely this fish hook grows out of the end of the, the butt of the, the cigarette. So I don't know if anyone remembers this one. Um, as I said, I don't think it lasted too long. I think people put, put complaints in because it was really quite disturbing because you're realising, hang on, that person's going to stick that thing in his mouth and there's this dirty great big fish hook growing out of the butt of the, the cigarette. And the clip ends with the person just about to take their first drag. And I remember as a kid just going, whoa, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, every time I saw it, I was just like, no, no. Yeah, it, it, and I think it worked. I, I, I never smoked in my life. <laughs> I, think it, I think it just stuck with me. But, um, but that idea of being hooked, you know, that, that was their message, wasn't it? They were sort of saying, no, nah, you know, all it's going to take is that, you know, that first drag and, and you, 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 can, you can get hooked. And that's what deception is. It's a, it's a thing, you know, it, it, it pulls on our desires, uses our desires, but deceives us to go, oh, no, it's okay, you know, maybe just once it's fine. But like the fish, you know, <laughs> biting that worm just the once is all it takes. And they're hooked. So, you know, when it comes, when we talk about deception, we're often very quick to sort of blame the devil, aren't we? Just go, oh, it's the devil. And in part, yeah, that is a big part of his role in, in the world that we live in. You know, scripture describes him as the great deceiver. But all he's doing, he's not actually inventing anything new. He's just playing on our desires. And when he's clever, and I, I think he is, he's, he's, a, he's a clever character. And he pays attention to our, our world and pays attention to what we're doing. And he picks up on what, our, on what we might desire. So, you know, for the person that, you know, for me, I never really felt, I guess, that there were deceptions or uh, allurements out there to, to drugs. I'm so thankful that for whatever reason, ads like that, that smoke ad, and for whatever reason, because I was um, into sport, it just got drilled into me enough that, no, if you want to do sport well, you don't take drugs. And so as a young teen, you know, every now and again, you got offered things. And I was just like, well, no, I don't want that. Those, there was never that desire. And so there was never this, oh, well, maybe just once. Those deceptions never came into my mind. But other things in my life, definitely. Other things in my life, those, those things that have been my desires, those, those deceptions are going, oh, but it's okay, it's not really hurting anyone. Yeah, those lies slipped into my world and made me slip up. Well, they didn't make me, but they deceived me to think it was okay to slip up. Yeah, and going back to that story of Eve, you know, the, the original sin. The fact is, the devil, even in that circumstance, he sowed seeds of of, of, of incorrect knowledge and, and deception, but he's playing on her desires. It says in verse six, you know, Genesis three, verse six. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Yeah? For whatever reason, the enemy just knew, no, if I sow this seed of deception, so I say, oh, no, but you're, 
you know, it's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You're going to get wisdom from this tree. And he played on her desires. So, you know, push comes to shove. When it comes to temptation, you know, it's not actually the world around us. Let's identify it for what it is because that's actually going to help us combat it. That's going to help us deal with it when it does come. When we're pulled and, and, and torn between making a, a good choice or a poor choice. We can go, no, this is just my fleshly desires and I need to sacrifice those and give them over to Jesus. You know? Yeah, the enemy, enemy might be trying to deceive me with things, but he's playing off what's already there. So let's, let's deal with the source. Let's go, no, I can't blame others. I can't blame my friends. I can't, can't blame my upbringing. No, go, no, God, this is in me. Get rid of it. Help me deal with it. So that's the cause. But what's the course? What's the journey of temptation? You know, in verse 15, James says, you know, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. There's this progression that he speaks about when it comes to temptation. You know, in the notes it said, temptation is like a weed that grows unchecks and destroys. A weed has three parts. It has a root, it has a shoot, it has the fruit. You know, there's a progression there. Starts out small, doesn't it? You know, all of us know <laughs> the might of weeds, especially with all this rain coming about. You know, they start out small, but we turn our back on it for a day and all of a sudden it's huge and it's spreading seeds everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's the same with temptation. We, we sort of go, oh, but, you know, like, like that deception. Oh, maybe just once. But the problem is it takes root and it can lead and draw us further along to a point that it's destructive, bringing death into our world instead of life. So I've already spoken about, you know, like when it comes to the journey of it, we, we, we can get deceived into, you know, is it really going to make any big deal? But another part of that deception is that, oh, but, you know, it's okay. I can be this close. I'm strong enough. And we tempt the line, a bit like those kids in the video. They were tempting the line, weren't they? They were putting their noses right up to it. They were like rubbing it on their face almost, getting as close as they could, but not quite biting into it. It's taking little nibbles, yeah. But the problem with that, the problem with sort of having that thinking of going, oh, well, I can, I'm, I'm strong enough to be this close to things. I'm strong enough to, to, to whatever, you know, whatever your, your trouble is, you know, like, um, a fellow that was in our church in, in, in Coffs when I was growing up had an amazing testimony. He was a, he was a, he was a bikey and just had a, you know, a, a drastically destructive past. And he was hooked on every drug possible. But when he came to Jesus, God supernaturally removed those desires. And that's what I'm sort of saying, you know, pray. Bring them to before God. Now, he was hooked to every drug there was. God just instantly removed him. No withdrawal, no anything. He just instantly just was clean and instantly just had no desire to go back to those drugs. But the one he struggled with was smoking. And he could never figure it out. You know, why was it? And a bit like last week, how we said, you know, there's those trials that we go through, but God likes to use trials at times to, to strengthen us. For Brian, I think, you know, the smoking 
trial and the, the, the battle of that actually helped him strengthen his faith. Even though he had this massive uh, transformation in his life, I think God was using that to sort of eventually, and eventually he did. He eventually got off the smokes and, and got, got completely clean. But for him, he had to see clear for a long time. He couldn't go anywhere near that side of life. You know, he had mates that were in the bike scene still and all that sort of thing, and he had to just go, no, I need to separate myself completely. Because he knew that if he edged that line, one moment of weakness, he would fall over. And that's the danger of having that deception of going, oh, but I can be this close. When you're close and you slip, you fall in. If you keep your distance, you might have your slip, you might have your weak, weak moments, but you're not going to fall in, are you? So let's make sure we, we don't get caught up in the deception that can lead us to fall in and, and continue down this course or this journey of deception. Let's keep our distance. The last thing James does is gives a caution. And it starts with that line, you know, don't be deceived, don't be misled. You know? And what he does is he compares it to Jesus. He compares us to God the Father. He says, no, no, don't be deceived. Because only the good stuff, the truly good stuff, comes from the Father. Every good and perfect gift is coming from down from the, from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know, that, that line, when I looked at the commentaries, was, you know, they say in the Greek, it's actually almost musical. So they reckon it's almost possibly, they, they don't know for sure, like an early line of an, a, a very early hymn that they would have written as a, as a Christian community. You know, every good and perfect gift is coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. You know, the gift of salvation comes from above. We've got to turn our eyes, like I said at the start of the service, let's turn our eyes to heaven. Let's make sure our eyes are set on Jesus. And the fact is, temptation is something we can overcome. Scripture gives us a promise. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, this is one a lot of people quote, but they actually misquote it because they use it to sort of say, oh, yeah, there won't be, we won't have things that are too much for us. I don't believe that. I think sometimes there are things that are too much for us because God wants us to call out on him. But this verse is actually speaking about temptation. So Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. He says, No temptation seizes you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. What a promise. So the temptations around us, even though they might feel overwhelming at times, you know, growing up and you know, into my adult life, something that I'm more than happy to speak about because I know that when it's in the public, it doesn't have power over me. And it's something that I have beaten was that I used to have a big battle with pornography. And it was because it was kept in secret, it was something that just grew and got stronger, like that root, like that weed. And it just got worse and worse and worse in my life. But when I dealt with it, when I brought it into the open and when I sort of presented it before God, that's when the, weak, the, the power of it got stripped away. And now... It's something that just, it, that, that desire isn't even there anymore. It is something that God's worked through in my life. But I wish I'd held on to this verse through that time. I wish I'd realised, because at times it felt overwhelming. It felt, oh, I, just, I can't, can't but not give in to it. But this promise is sort of saying, no, you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. That's the key. 
any time we're tempted, any time there's that desire to do something that says it's not of God, there will be a way out. There will be a choice that we can make that takes us the other way. But it's up to us to choose it. He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So the takeaway from this message, I hope, is that when we face temptations, we recognise for what it is. We recognise that it's out, it's, it is our desires. It's not the devil tempting us. He might be throwing things in our way to try to get us to trip up, but he's just playing off our own desires. Deal with that. Surrender that to God. You know, surrender your fleshly desires that are pulling at you and recognise that when you run to the Father of light, knowing that he will give you options and opportunities to resist and keep walking the line of righteous living. Yeah, that's the God we serve. And that's, you know, as I said, James is just giving little, little nuggets of wisdom here in his book. So say, no, come on, let's get this right. So when temptations come, realise what they are. Deal with them. Surrender them to God. And remember that only the truly good stuff comes from the Father God. Anything else, it's not worth looking at. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for just the wisdom and the, the, the teaching we can get, Lord God, from your scriptures. We thank you, Lord God, that you are always giving us options, Lord God, and always giving us that opportunity, Lord God, to draw nearer to you, always giving us those options, Lord God, to, to step into righteousness even more. But Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that when we do stuff up, when we do stumble, that you are faithful. That for those mistakes, Lord God, you've, you've already paid the price. And Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that when we do stumble, that Lord God, that we don't try to hide from you. We don't try to draw away from you out of shame or fear. I pray, Lord God, that we run to you, that we turn to the Father of lights. Because you do love us and you desire us to be near you. In your wonderful name, Lord. Amen.